opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Every Wednesday night, come listen to The Land of Aru, a show all about the award-winning high fantasy audio series, Carcerum. Join Anthony Corona in listening to an episode of Carcerum with 360-degree sound design, a completely original score, and find yourself in the middle of an adventure filled with monsters, sword fights, and magic. After the episode, listen as Anthony interviews cast and crew members about their careers and the amazing process of Carcerum. That's The Land of Aru every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on ACB Media Stream 3. Presented on ACB Media 3 in association with Shane Salt Productions and Sunday Edition. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony Corona. Every week here on ACB Media 1, that's American Council of the Blind, Media 1, and soon after on all your major podcast catchers. Each week, we'll dive into the news, human interest, and discussions about the issues surrounding all of us in and out of the American Council of the Blind community. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday edition. Like the man just said, well, that man was me, but like the man just said, I'm Anthony Corona and we're here every Sunday at 1 p.m. Podcasted right after the show ends on all your podcast catchers. So before that amazing promo that my executive producer Byron put together for us, you heard another promo for In the Land of Aru. Some of you may have been listening in over the past, um, I'd say 36 weeks or so. We had a, a little break at one point. But there are 31 episodes of the epic fantasy series Carcerum, which a lot has gotten a lot of great feedback from our community because it is a completely audio 3D immersive experience, no visuals whatsoever, and really no need for audio description because the audio itself drives the story. Um, but more importantly, we have conversations with the actors, the uh, talented music producers, audio engineers, etc., and we talk about their careers. We talk about how to break into the business, some tips and tricks on how to get your, you know, your amateur game up to professional level. Um, you know, and we've spoken to folks like Cameron Crowe, uh, who guest appeared in Car Serum, uh, Piper Laurie, who folks might remember as the mother in Carrie, um, the janitor, Neil Flynn, the, the janitor from Scrubs, who uh, is Wouldn't in a lot of cool up? things. Um, are you guys hearing me? Yeah, we hear you, but I, I heard somebody else break in there for just a second. Yeah, I think it was Clubhouse. All oh, right, okay. so we have we we're uh, we're also doing the Clubhouse thing now on Sunday edition. So we'll be talking to folks in Clubhouse at some point during the during the show. Anyway, that's the land of Aru every Wednesday night on um, the old Treasure Trove, which is ACB Media Three. Please check it out. Um, there's some great, really great conversations as well as the series itself, which is a lot of fun. Byron, hey, how are you feeling? Uh, I am feeling, um, well, let's see here. <laughs> no! No! 
Yeah, yeah, that that about sums it up. I stayed with my aunt and my dad for the weekend, and they are both uh, smokers. So uh, my lungs and my nose are like. (laughs) So yeah, it's okay though. It was a it was a fun family gathering, so that was nice. And I got a whole bunch of produce because we stopped at one of those. um, You know, uh, if you ever been to the Midwest, roadside produce stands are very very uh, popular up here and uh, so i've got like squash and corn and tomatoes and all kinds of goodies so yeah that's good awesome awesome so i want to also say to everybody who has reached out to gabriel myself and other members that happen to be here in florida your prayers your your good wishes your your well wishes your hope that you were that we're all safe have not gone unnoticed and our host for most weeks, Miss um, Sheila Young, is here with us, and I know that she has furiously been trying to connect with, contact, find out about all of our members here in Florida. So first and foremost, Sheila, thank you for, you know, being the connection point for all of us and and for looking out for all of our members here. And if there's anything you want to say to the greater ACB community for, you know, their wishes, and please feel free to speak up yeah, we cry now oh no I don't cry i can't thank everybody enough for the emails that i have received about helping our members we don't know what to do yet so <laughs> we don't know what to tell you but we will when 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 we're organized enough and we know who needs and what they need you know, if it's not on this show itself, it'll be on lists, but we will definitely let folks know what they can do to help. And again, Sheila, you're the connection point for all of us. And I know even when you didn't have power, you were furiously texting and and using your phone. So thank you for being our uh, fearless leader. Well, you're welcome. I thoroughly love what I do and I love our members. So I just hope everybody's okay. Thank you. Well, let's, um, let's, Let's get on with the show. I'm getting a little choked up too because you know there were so many messages, um, both directly and and indirectly, between Gabriel and myself, and and, and seeing on the list. But let's talk to another Floridian, um, our first lady and <laughs> mistress of auctions, Leslie. Welcome back to Sunday Edition. First and foremost, are you and Dan okay? And how are things in your in your area? Thank you, Anthony. Can you hear me okay? We hear you great. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank, thanks for having me back on your show. It's always an honor to be on. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Dan and I are doing fine. Um, his mother-in-law's place got flooded. It's over on East Orange County um, by our house, like five minutes away. So she does an assisted living and her place is actually underwater. So they had to evacuate her place. Luckily, she was with us before that happened. So uh, <laughs> it was good. Um, so she's now living with us for a while, but um, until that gets fixed. And we lost power, which was, this is so strange, Anthony. We lost power on Friday. So after the storm, we decided to lose wow. on our side of town. So we lost power the whole day on Friday. Um, luckily, we got it back, you know, Saturday. So late Friday night, which was good. But other than that, we're all doing very well. And and like Sheila says, and you said, um, thank you to everybody for checking in on us and Dan and I and all the Floridians here in our chapter. And we just hope everybody's well also. So. Absolutely. Well, 
Um, thank God you didn't experience any flooding because I know that you've already got some auction items in that back room of yours. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I thought, oh no. <laughs> I put them on high ground though. <laughs> I made sure they were safe. So nothing is ruined, you know, so, so no flooding here. So yeah. So. I can picture them trying to evacuate you and you going, no, 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 I got to get the auction items ready. <laughs> Pull the boat up. <laughs> yeah, I've got a few here. So, you know, it's like, and they're all in a box. So it would have just taken me, it would have been me and my U-Haul boxes. So, <laughs> but everything's safe. So, so yeah. So thanks for having me on. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the ACB Media Holiday Auction. It's coming up, everybody. So it's, it's very exciting. I'm, I'm so excited. I love I love the auctions. They are so near and dear to my heart. It's such an honor to be the chair of the ACB auctions, both the ACB Summer Auction and the ACB Media Holiday Auction, is which we're in right now. So um, we're getting ready for, for the big event. Um, and all the proceeds go to the ACB Media, which is what we love and, you know, use every day for our community, for your shows, Anthony, for your uh, land of the... Ari, I believe is how you said it. Um, a row. <laughs> sorry. I know I was going to mess that up. So, but all the shows that we love, you know, karaoke, I listened to you last night. Great singing. Um, everybody that sang. So that's all the proceeds go. All the proceeds from the ACB media holiday auction go strictly to ACB media to help us with media, which is, you know, great. So um, let me tell you a little bit of logistics here. So first of all, the main, main event the main auction will be Sunday, November 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. I don't know the other time, but it'll be it'll be everywhere out on the leadership list. But 7 p.m. Eastern, ACB Media. Um, usually it's on one. I don't know where Rick, Rick will have it, but that, that'll, again, I'll, I'll be out in the leadership and conversation. And don't worry, I'll have it everywhere so everybody will know way, way in advance. Um, so that's the main night with the four segments. Um, and all the auctioneer and describers are coming back from the summer. So um, you should recognize them again, which is awesome. And uh, that is 7 p.m. The other one, the appetizer, sneak a peek appetizer auction will be November 25th, which is Friday, starting at noon on Friday, November 25th. It will end Saturday, November 26th at noon. Then it will reopen Saturday, November 26th at noon, close November 27th at noon, and then the main event auction will start for that night. So you've got time all three days over the weekend after you've eaten your pie and you've uh, uh, had some time on the couch with some football or some family and friends. You can shop till your heart is content Friday and Saturday for some good deals for the appetizer auction. You can just call me or email me. I don't know, Anthony, if I can give that out. Um, you can. Okay. So um, if they'd like to, if you'd like to call me, it's 407-678-4163. You can also email me at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I-E, S-P is in Paul, O-O-N-E, at C-F-L for Central Florida dot R-R dot com. So you can email me or call me. Those days are fun. Dan answers the phone, so don't be alarmed if you get Dan. He usually is helping. So for the appetizer Friday and Saturday, it's always fun when people call and they say, the president's answering and it's just Dan. Mm -hmm. so, 
<laughs> he has his auction hat on those days. So please call and talk to us. We like bids, bids, bids. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of like a silent auction, the appetizer. So the um, yeah, yeah. So we have updates throughout the day. Um, I usually call people, email them, let them know how their bids are going. It's a lot of fun, the appetizer. Um, we started that the auction committee uh, thought about this a while back couple years ago um and it's just really taken over and it's really been a great way to get the auction pumped up before the main event main auction starts so we love the appetizer so that's the appetizers the main one is sunday and then the deadline this is very important also the deadline for your items descriptions and pictures and if you can't take pictures that's fine we can do it for you or steal a picture from somewhere um is october 17th which is a Monday, so October 17th. Um, if you can get me descriptions by then, that would be greatly appreciated. You know me, I always take things. I never turn anything down, except if it's the night of the auction. <laughs> and then sometimes you just have to hold it for the summer. So we are starting to um, reach out to the affiliates, the vendors, individuals. So if you have an item you want to want to donate, we will take it. We take anything. So Please, please donate. Please bid. Show your love for ACB Media. And we just look forward to hearing everybody the weekend of 25th, 26th, and 27th of November. So, Leslie, Sunday edition will give those the number and the email address out the two uh, Sundays leading up to the appetizer auction. Um, and I think I will be, you know, browbeat if I don't ask you. Do we have firm commitments from Brian for the cookies and margarine for the bread? <laughs> well, um, yes, from Brian. Uh, margarine, I'm not 100% sure, but you have donated some wonderful things. If I didn't say thank you to you. So you've got <laughs> some good items there. And Gabriel also, I know he's on later. So thank you to both of you guys. And Sheila, who's hosting, has donated her beautiful blanket again and pillows. So, And this year's blanket's right. bigger. Yeah, yeah, much bigger. So you guys yeah. cuddle up for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila makes beautiful blankets, and Florida really represents in in, in the auction. So, um, yeah. In fact, yeah. Leslie, you can write down. I'm also going to donate a one year product key for Microsoft Office 365. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, you can add that to uh, to the list. Awesome! Thank you so so much. I appreciate that. That's great. So and you yeah. know, I'm I'm going to campaign for next year that um, you consider having the ACB media personalities, like say, you know, me and me and Byron for one segment, um, Paul, who is an au uh, awesome auctioneer for another segment, um, maybe Terry and Peter Alcho, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to lobby that we get to play auctioneer next year during the holiday ACB media auction. Well, that's an interesting idea. We've never thought of that. So we'll, yeah, get, get with me after, <laughs> After next year, get back with me so I can put that back on my radar. So, right. and, and special uh, plug, yeah. If you've never heard Paul Edwards and um, and uh, Leslie herself auction together, mm -hmm. check out the FCB page. Go under our latest convention podcast and listen to the banquet. It was a lot of fun. I think we saw what was it five personalities of Paul. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it's always fun it's a good time also real, real quick anthony um yes ma'am did wanted to say that if you don't have email because um you know we reach out to everybody we like to make sure everybody can 
Here are the items. Mary Hopp, Jeff Tom, and Andrew DePlatz from the committee, the auction committee, will be reading the items on ACB Media 2 before the auction, the appetizer and the main auction. So if you don't have computer at all, you just have the landline phone, which, you know, we all have one of those in some time of our life or your cell phone or whatever, call up and listen to all the items will be read before the auctions and you can hear the descriptions of every item. So that is pretty awesome. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. And, you know, thank you, you for having me on and have Sundays. Happy Sunday. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Stay safe. Stay safe and good wishes to your mother-in-law. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Well, from the auction to a convention, I am very, very happy to welcome Barbara Salisbury to Sunday Edition. Welcome, welcome. Thanks, Anthony. Really appreciate the opportunity. Um, The Indiana and Ohio Joint Convention is the November, the Veterans Day weekend, November 11th through the 13th. Our theme is seeing the future and saluting the past. The committee wanted to do something um, to honor veterans. So we will be doing that in this convention. Um, Also, it's going to be held at the Hilton Garden Inn in Bloomington, Indiana, college town. So um, this this is where I hail from. I'm in Bloomington. And um, the Hilton Garden Inn is right on the downtown square. So it's fully accessible to all kinds of restaurants, pubs, some shopping. I mean, fully accessible, audible signals on all four corners of the square. You can go in any direction from the square and find even more restaurants. It's a lot of fun, and it's um, just steps outside the front door of the Hilton Garden. So we're going to have a little walkabout on Friday afternoon, the 11th, early in the afternoon, to kind of orient people that want to be oriented to the square. And um, so we hope people will take advantage of it. Um, our two anchor speakers are Kathy Nimmer, who was the 2015 Indiana Teacher of the Year and in the top four finalists for the United States, for the country, got to go to the White House. She is totally blind. She's worked in the public school system her entire career. She's an amazing speaker. We've had her before and she is also an author. She's just an amazing person. And so we're looking forward to having her again. And uh, she will be our keynote on Friday night. And our other anchor speaker is Lonnie Bedwell. He will be our banquet speaker on Saturday evening. He is an extreme sports enthusiast. He is also blind. He whitewater rafts. He climbs mountains. He's climbed four of the seven highest peaks in the world. He takes um, veterans. He's a veteran. He takes, uh, tries to encourage veterans to join him and um, also other blind people. So he is an, a, a fascinating speaker. My neighbor recommended him. She had heard him at the economic development um, uh, a meeting that they had here in Bloomington. They actually had him come in, and she said he was just amazing. So we were able to secure him. He's been nice. very, yeah, he's been very generous. And so his name is Lonnie Bedwell. So he will be our banquet. After our banquet, we will have our auction, and I love our auction. It will be, it's a live auction, and uh, we are, you know, it's always fun. 
and um, an opportunity to, you know, grab some things and support our affiliates. So Ohio will have things in the auction. We will have things, Indiana will have things in the auction. So we work together on this. And the way we do this is one year Indiana hosts and one year Ohio hosts. So this year it's Indiana. And um, so that's kind of how we do it. And uh, it works great. So um, we also will have upwards to about 20 vendors uh, and also um, exhibitors. And um, then we have sessions throughout Saturday. Um, oh my gosh, several different sessions. Um, but anyway, to uh, find out more, you can go to our website. It's acb-indiana.org. And to contact the hotel, it's 812-331-1335. And I would recommend that you bypass the menu because then you will be dumped to the front desk of the actual hotel rather than going into some national reservation kind of thing. And um, anyway, so that's that. And our registration is $80 and that includes four meals. Uh, it includes uh, breakfast on Saturday and Sunday, lunch and the banquet meal on Saturday. Nice. Um, yeah, so we also have virtual attendance too. So you'll see that on our website. Um, so anyway, so we're looking forward to it. Um, and uh, we have some great sponsors this year. This, this is the first time we've really tried that to any extent. And it has been gloriously received. <laughs> and we've gotten some really good sponsorships. And, um, and we've put some little, you know, things in place for them to encourage them to, to sponsor. And um, so, yeah. So any questions? Yeah. Okay. So let me let me ask you first. Um, are mm -hmm. you presenting any of the convention over our wonderful ACB media? Oh, we did. We not have. Sure. We're not. We're, we haven't. Oh. Yeah. Um, and we're not really planning to. I knew that would be a question. <laughs> um, and the and really, this is this is a new place for us. Okay, doing something virtual. We're in a new world. You know, we all are, and. Um, and so, you know, we have to also find a way to pay for our convention. And um, yeah. it's just, yeah, it's just been trying to trying to, to traverse the waters of this new world. And and I'm sure that we'll 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 do things even you know better next year. So as we go along, but yeah, you can attend virtually and get the Zoom links. So all right, question and number two, and if. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, if you have a question and, and you're in the audience, please raise your hand. I did. Um, okay, well, then we'll get to it when I'm done with okay. my questions. Thank you so much. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. Question number two is, uh, what are you most looking forward to? A program or hugging? What, what are you most looking forward to? Oh, my gosh. I love conventions. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's energizing for me. I'm the convention chair. It is a lot of work, I will say. But I, I am so energized when people start walking through the door. I mean, I am like, you know, like all over the place, <laughs> greeting people. And, and it's just so much fun to see people. And um, so, you know, just being in touch with each other and, and just having some fun together. We do have live music 
on Friday night after the opening sessions. We have Davis and Devitt. They are fantastic. She's blind. She's a songwriter. They perform locally in the region. I've heard them many times. And they agreed to come to our convention. So they will be forming, will be performing. Um, and they're fun. They're, you know, they do a lot of kind of rockabilly, folk kind of music. We do have a dance floor. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. So um, anyway, so we want people to get up and get moving. We, we also are kind of capturing that idea in our convention. That's why we want to do some walkabouts on the square. Uh, we have an, a, a, a doctor uh, from kinesiology at uh, this um, IU will be presenting on exercise and wellness. And uh, so that's what the get, get up and get moving kind of idea. And we also have a stepper that has been donated to us for the auction, um, a chair kind of stepper. So we got a lot. We got a lot going on. But I think it's the people, Anthony. I just, I'm energized by it. Awesome. I just walk the door. And one of the most recognizable Indianans. <laughs> Will there be any <laughs> special messages from our um, executive director? Well, we would love it. Uh, it would have, you know, we thought about it. Um, we knew that we wouldn't be able to afford to fly him here, but um, we would love for him to drop in and give us a, a welcome on our opening session. We will reach out to him on that. So uh, I invited, I invited Derek. <laughs> there, yeah, there's another one too that I, and there's a couple of Indianans that I've reached out to and said, Hey, Leslie, Hey, Ron, Ron Brooks, you need to come home to Indiana for our convention. <laughs> so, yeah. And of course, Eric's wife, you know, is yeah. from Indiana. So, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, I definitely heard a friend to Sunday edition, Jane. We'll take that question first, and then we'll see if anybody has any other questions for you before we say goodbye. Jane, what was your question? Yes. Will you? Uh, Let's see. the The second speaker is it Lonnie Bedwell? <laughs> yes, um, he's the banquet speaker. Mm -hmm. Right, banquet speaker. Is mm -hmm. he published? And will you spell his name so I get it written down? And also, will you spell Kathy Nimmer so I can go look her up? Okay. Yes, and um, I've, I've been thinking about putting links on our website actually to 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 both of them. Kathy Nimmer is K A T H Y, and her N I M M E R N as in Nancy I M M E R Lonnie Bedwell is L O N N Y and Bedwell just like it sounds B E D W E L L. Well, thank you very much, and I love your energized humor. <laughs> I love your cheer. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you. Yes. I, I'm just yeah. I'm hoping we have a good turnout. Yes. Sheila, do we have any other hands for Barbara? Um, there are none in Zoom. Belinda, are there any in Clubhouse? No, ma'am. There aren't any in Clubhouse. Okay. I said All right. Well, <laughs> so, welcome, welcome, welcome yeah. to our Clubhouse friends, by the way. I'm sorry. I did not remember at the top of the show to say so. Welcome, welcome. All right, Barbara, you know you're welcome on Sunday Edition anytime. Thank you so much for sharing the information. And I hope you have an amazing turnout for yes. the Indiana-Ohio Joint Convention. Yes, and thank you, Anthony. All right. We are now going to shift gears, and we're going to talk about Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, 
you know, I have, <laughs> I have a very, um, let's call it close proximity to the, the chair of the Multicultural Affairs Hispanic Subcommittee, Mr. Gabriel Lopez Cafati. And um, Gabe, welcome back to Sunday Edition. Thank you, Anthony. So you, you know keep, what? I, you say welcome ahead. back. And I know I always complain, but I don't think I, I'm, I'm such a such a regular attendee of Sunday edition. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're regular enough. <laughs> yeah. So I thought um, since you are putting on two really cool events, I thought that I would start with um, two preview trivia questions. Are you uh, are you scared? Oh my god! Well, this was you. You did not alert me of this, but go ahead. <laughs> All right. And um, if Gabe gets the answer wrong, we will take a hand to see if anyone does know the actual answer. Question number one: What was the first Latin American country to gain full and complete independence? You see, this is why I shouldn't have had you around when I was researching my trivia questions for next week. <laughs> <laughs> but it was Ecuador in 1804. Um, are you sure? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else um, think that they have a, a different answer? Throw your hand up right now. Sheila, anyone? Mm, not yet. Well, how about I'm... a clubhouse? Nope, no one has their hand raised yet. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, knows, ask, <laughs> I'm gonna ask question number two while folks at home uh bug their A devices. Question number two September 15th, my birthday by the way, is of special yeah. significance in the Latin American country. What is the difference between September 15th and Cinco de Mayo? Go ahead, Gabriel. Well, that I can definitely answer. <laughs> September 15th <laughs> was uh, the day in 1821 where the five Central American countries, Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, and Costa Rica, gained independence from Spain. And Cinco de Mayo, which is May 5th, it's a Mexican holiday. It's not Independence Day for Mexico, though. It is a day in which they fought and won the battle. I think it was the Battle of Puebla, where uh, they actually defeat the French army, uh, which was threatening to become a new colonization for Mexico after they had been freed from Spain. So that's that. So so when certain um, restaurants advertise Cinco de Mayo as Mexican Independence Day, it's actually not technically correct, huh? Nope, it's not. <laughs> actually, Mexican Independence Day is also in September. Uh, the day after, the day after my birthday, if I'm correctly remembering, right? Yes, September 16th. All right. <laughs> so let's do one more sweep. Sheila, Belinda, anybody have their hands up? Not here. No, not in Clubhouse either at this point. All right, Cassandra well, is our host, Anthony. I was going to say, I was going to say, Belinda, but it sounds like Cassandra. It is Cassandra. That's because in it is. <laughs> Hi, Cassandra, dear. Did, okay, am I going crazy? Did I hear Belinda when we came on? Yes. 
Yes. Oh, okay. She oh, hooked, sorry, she hooked it up. And then gotcha. Cassandra is the host. So you got a moderator and you've got the uh what uh, what's it called? I don't know what they're I forget what they're called. Streamer. <laughs> Streamer well, it is just, Clubhouse. It is just Florida old home day here on uh Sunday edition. Welcome, it Cassandra. Is. Hopefully you fared well in this storm as well. All right. Well, Gabe, if we were talking about on the continent itself, you would be correct. But the true answer is the country Haiti. Oh, that's right. Haiti. Wow. Haiti okay. was the first Latin American country to have full and complete independence. All right. So tell, talk to us a little bit about Hispanic Heritage Month. When did it come into being? Why do we celebrate it? What does it mean to you? Well, uh, Hispanic Heritage Month was uh, kind of split in between September and October just because September has so many of the independence days for many of the Latin American countries and October um, because uh, I know it seems like quite a bit of a paradox, but um, we have Columbus Day in October. Um, most recently, I just want to say that I, you know, we've veered away from celebrating so much Columbus Day because, you know, the, um, the uh, traditional way of thinking that Columbus, quote unquote, discovered Latin America uh, is, is, is being debunked because um, Latin America was already inhabited. But um, anyway, that's mainly the reason why it falls in between September and October. And what, is, what does it mean for you? To me, it just means a time in which we celebrate and in which we just highlight the contributions of um, Hispanic culture because the the culture that was created with the uh, mix of Spaniards in Latin America with the natives and then the Africans who were brought as slaves by the Spaniards just created such a such a such a unique fusion of everything you know culture uh, even languages because you know you go to Colombia and they don't they don't speak. You know, for the most part, we speak obviously Spanish and the same kind of Spanish, but there are certain words, certain slang words and some regionalisms. If you go to, like I said, Colombia, they won't be the same as you go to Honduras or Mexico. So sometimes it almost seems like different languages. Also, um, I don't know if for uh, English speakers or, or you know, um, people who do who are not uh, Spanish speakers, if, they, if 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 you notice the difference in the accents, for example, when you hear someone from Argentina versus when you hear someone from Venezuela and when you hear someone from Mexico or Cuba, it's so different. It's the same language, but the accent is like the best way I can find to compare it is, you know, when you hear someone from the South versus someone from New York versus someone from uh, Boston, <laughs> and. Um, to me, it means all that. It means highlighting how we have uh, become a strong force, not only in the United States, but also in the entire world. Um, you know, our language and our traditions, our foods, our music, 
is you know now recognized around the globe. So um, Latin America has always been considered to be uh, with next to Africa some of the poorest uh, economically under uh, developed uh, portions of the world. And I think that is changing. And to me, that's that's what we want to highlight. We be recognized for the contributions that we bring to the world rather than our past and what we have struggled with uh, before. So I, I think it's a way to highlight all the good things that have come out of the in Latin American culture. And you specifically are from the beautiful country of Honduras. What, um, what are some of the highlights from Honduran culture that have filtered their way into the American lexicon? Well, I'm sure at least everyone knows what a baleada is. <laughs> if you don't know, there goes the first recipe. It's basically a, um, a uh, flour tortilla. Um, unfortunately, I, I don't mean to, to be mean, but you won't get the full, full experience of a baleada because a baleada is um, better when it's uh, you know, freshly made rather than packaged. Um, <laughs> I can attest to that. Yeah, but that's a whole different. Uh, yes, that's a whole, and that's a whole different. Uh, you know, it, it just that's an ordeal that is better saved for Sheila's recipe swap because I'm not going to be telling you how to do a flour tortilla right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's filled with uh, refried beans and um, sour cream, uh, cheese, and then you know people now have gotten creative and they add. Egg beef, chorizo, avocado, <laughs> etc. So I think that's very common. Um, Honduran coffee has won uh, many times uh, what, uh, uh, you know, Starbucks and other big companies, um, brokers from Wall Street who uh, trade coffee as a commodity, they sponsor called the Cup of Excellence. Uh, Honduran coffees have been recognized. And I'm happy to say that many of the Cup of Excellence uh, awards have been um, given to small producers. And, and that makes me very, very happy because, um, you know, I, I do believe in supporting uh, fair trade and supporting people who uh, have a small, you know, little uh, family grown and operated coffee plantation. Definitely, uh, I know I've, I've talked about food and um, and coffee. Uh, we recently, last year, elected the first woman president. Um, right. And, you know, so in that sense, we actually are ahead of the game of the U.S., not that it's a competition, uh, but, you know, not not many women. And uh, those of you who know me and, and my views, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% pro-gender equality. And I believe that women are even in many ways, many, many ways more capable than us men. So I'm very proud to say that we have elected our first woman president. Who just and, gave um, an impassioned, fiery speech at the UN, correct? She did. She did. And oh my God, she 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 was brave enough to, uh, to say things like uh, calling on the industrialized nation's 
Um, and I quote, she said, you are destroying our planet and you're passing the bill on to us poor countries to pay for the destruction that you have been responsible for. And I was, you know, I was my, you know, which I was just, <laughs> my mouth was open when I said, did she just say that in the front of the UN? But she did. Um, and uh, uh, besides that part, uh, I mean, the, um, the many people don't know that there is, and you can Google it or ask your A-ladies uh, because there's a lot of tourism being promoted. Uh, some of the things that we also have as far as uh, natural and historical beauties in Honduras, uh, one of them involved uh, the, unfortunately, it's going to be the second largest or the second whatever. So to, we have the, sec the second largest coral reef of the coast of the Bay Islands, which many, uh, I know cruises, Car Carnival, Royal Caribbean, Norwegian Cruise Line are uh, stopping in Roatan as a port of call nowadays, which is, you know, one of the favorite destinations for people who go to the Caribbean. Uh, so that's the second largest coral reef after the one in off the coast of Australia. And there's a lot of scuba diving and scuba diving lessons for people who want to go and observe and uh, just have the, ex the experience. Um, we also have the second largest after the Amazons in Brazil, we have the second largest um, biosphere, uh, which is, you know, another the lungs of the Western Hemisphere, which is called the biosphere of the River Platano. Platano is, means plantain because it's surrounded by a lot of wild plantain, um, uh, just, you know, just planting. I don't know if they're called trees. They're not called trees. They're called something else, bushes or something else. Um, but they're, they're it's, it's, it's beautiful and you can actually breathe uh, oxygen. And then finally, historically, um, Copan in the western part of Honduras has um, one of the largest, yep, one of the largest Mayan ruins, um, just, you know, next to Chichen Itza. And um, it's, it's, it's gorgeous to, to be able to, you know, touch and breathe all that history and all that culture where, uh, you know, the Mayans once occupied that land. So we're going to talk about some of the other nations and some of the other beauty, uh, beautiful things about culture, but let's do some business um, and then we can open it up also for participation. Yes. Tell us a little bit uh, about the subcommittee and, you know, now that convention season is finally, you know, passed and we've all rested up, you put in, you know, you and the committee put in a lot of work to translate and, and make materials available. So talk to us about all that. So yes, uh, for those of you who know, um, last year with the support of President Dan Spoon and uh, you know our uh, chair Cheryl Cummings, we uh, collaborated. Myself and uh, Guillermo Robles from California, we collaborated on the creation of the Hispanic Subcommittee of MCAC stands for Multicultural Affairs Committee. And um, we, you know, the, this, it, 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 I think it means a lot. I, when I first came to, and I'm going to speak on a personal note, and then I'm going to speak on an organizational note. 
I think it means a lot to me. When I first came to um, Miami, when I moved here, I went to the Miami Lighthouse for the Blind, and there I met a lot of um, Hispanic people. One of them, very dear friend, who's actually having a birthday next Sunday. <laughs> uh, she's uh, she's uh, Cuban American. Uh, her name is Vicky. She uh, was the founder, uh, inspired on the American Council of the Blind principles and mission and vision. She had founded a local group that was called Union of Blind Hispanics in the United States. Um, and it was very active. Um, and I went into, I was treasurer for some time, then I was vice president. Unfortunately, then, um, you know, the many other people either moved or went somewhere else or decided to not participate anymore and the organization got dissolved. But from there, I learned a lot of the unique um, challenges and unique topics of interest that attract the community of people who are blind and visually impaired who are Hispanic descent or origin and who live here in the United States. So definitely there, there was an underserved population uh, and, and ACB, like in so many other aspects, got ahead of the game and decided to create a space so we can serve that population. So on an organizational basis, um, I, I believe that um, ACB, again, like I said, is, is, is taking that, that front center stage and that first, um, you know, that first step towards diversity and inclusion by, uh, and I'm gonna steal another of Dan's words, being intentional and creating the effort and the structure for us not only to produce content in Spanish, but also reach out to um, our Hispanic people who uh, with, uh, you know, vision loss here in the United States and who do not feel comfortable joining any of the organizations so far because they feel that they cannot, uh, whether because they don't have uh, complete uh, mastery of the English language, or because they just simply don't feel that there's a space for them. So now there is a space for this population in the United States. And, and it's a new venture. We, you know, the last year has very, I would say, I, I don't want to say experimental, but we have been definitely trying what works, what does, and what we can do with, uh, you know, resources are always limited. Um, so, so we have, like you said, Anthony, we have translated, um, um, of the major sessions that we had at leadership this past March. Um, so Athan and myself led uh, wrap-up programs every day during leadership in Spanish, just giving everyone uh, uh, kind of like the highlights of, the, of each day and what to expect the following day. And uh, also in the process of deciding which uh, of convention events and uh, workshops will be uh, translated. We translated uh, most of the resolutions to Spanish. So I know those are going to be out because uh, we want to we want to make Hispanics feel that they they know because one of the things one of the feedback that we've gotten uh, from from blind Hispanics is they want to know what ACB is about. We've held community calls, the first one being a, an ACB 101 in Spanish, 
so that people know what ACB does, what ACB is about, what we're working on currently. So for next year or for this upcoming year, we have a lot of plans. We plan to increase our um, communications, our Spanish communications, our collaborations with other institutions. We've been collaborating with the CAPTA Foundation, which uh, specializes in Spanish audio description. And um, we're also joining with other local Hispanic institutions. Uh, we've been working with Catholic charities and translating our, our content into Spanish. And obviously there is a big mm. ambitious project of putting up some more uh, Spanish content in our website. Uh, that's, like I said, a very, very ambitious project. And, and uh, I don't wanna say too much on that because that's, that's still on the works. But little by little, we're, we're getting there and, and we plan to, to be completely inclusive of Hispanics in ACB. So I know that, you know, Cheryl is an amazing support, um, you know, and Dan was, you know, integral in socializing the concept. And then, of course, you know, giving me the green light and, and his endorsement and blessing. But who else um, is on your committee? I know, like you said, coming out of the gate, you were um, with Guillermo Robles and, and I believe Donna Pomerantz was around at that point. Who else is on the committee? So, yes, we have Linda Samalski, who said she would be joining us, so I wouldn't be uh, surprised if she's, if she's already here. Uh, Regina Brink. Um, I, I know I'm going to miss a couple of people. We have Marco Duenas. We have Rafael Toro. Uh, we have Doreen Cornwell. And I am sure I am missing someone. So I said Linda, Rafael, Marco. Um, Doreen, uh, you mentioned Guillermo and Donna. So I think that's it for now. Okay. I'm very happy to, uh, to uh, announce that. I'm not going to say names right now because I've been in conversations with some people, but I don't want to put them on the spotlight yet <laughs> publicly here on Sunday edition. But, but stay tuned for, for great additions to the Hispanics committee. I'm, I'm very positive that, uh, that, that the committee will be energized with some new influx of, of members in the next coming weeks. And, you know, someone who is on the larger multicultural, uh, no, I'm sorry, the um, International Relations Committee and a friend to Sunday Edition, Merrill, has been holding Spanish 101 yes. calls and speaking for Every other, Monday. For other um, folks that are of Hispanic descent who may want to put on programming, of course, they would need to speak to Cindy, but um, you know, is there is there a contact for the subcommittee if anybody wants to give you guys ideas or volunteer to help with translations or whatever else the committee subcommittee might be working on? Yes. So we do have an email address where uh, I'm actually in the process of working with Kelly in actually creating uh, something to the effect of like some sort of listserv. I know another listserv, <laughs> but this is gonna be specifically for content in Spanish and to be able to post all the communications and all the, at least the major events um, in Spanish for people who want to, you know, be informed of what's going on with ACB on a day-to-day -day basis. But in the meantime, there is an email address which goes directly to Suatha and then Suatha and I collaborated you know, uh, responding and, uh, and, you know, just channeling those email, uh, emails that come. It's, um, I'm going to say the email address. It's bienvenidos. So that's 
B as in Bravo, I as in India, E as in Echo, N as in Nancy, V as in Victor, E as in Echo, M as in Nancy, I as in India, D as in Delta, O as in Oscar, S as in Sam, at acb.org. So bienvenidos actually means welcome in Spanish. So it's yeah. again bienvenidos at acb.org. All right, a little more business. We started out at the top of this segment with um, two trivia questions, and I purposely did that because you have two really cool and awesome events coming up to mark Hispanic Heritage, Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, let's tell the folks about what they are and when they're going to be accessible. <laughs> okay, so first of all, thank you to Cindy for helping me sort this out. Uh, in between the storm and the family emergency that I've had in the past couple of weeks, I was a little bit thrown off, uh, but uh, we made it work. And um, we have been able to schedule our first uh, out of the two events that Anthony's mentioning. It's going to be uh, what we're calling Hola Trivia, which Hola, you know, means hello in Spanish. And it's going to be all about Hispanic heritage Hispanic culture, Hispanic food, Hispanic history. So like the promo says, even if you don't know, you, you know, it's all in the fun and the, in the light of learning and having fun. So, so come along or you have at least five days to prepare because this is happening next Saturday, October 8th at 5 PM Eastern. And um, you can find it on the weekly and daily community events and after that um, um, of <laughs> I know the community's favorite things to do karaoke so uh, with the collaboration again of Cindy Hollis and Lucy Arguijo we are be are going to be having a Spanish karaoke to close of our celebrations of Hispanic Heritage Month on Sunday October 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Aliente, um, more deep Spanish karaoke. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So start practicing. You have All two right. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, before, um, before we start opening it up for folks to, to participate with us, I would be very remiss if I didn't ask how has your first couple of months been as a brand new board member? And um, how did you stay awake for the for both of those very long board meetings? <laughs> well, to answer your first question, have the first two months been scary? <laughs> no, it's been a great experience. Um, I, I feel that having, you know, having participated on... Um, on, on the first board meeting made me realize, uh, you know, uh, it made me realize that, that this is, this was the right moment for me to take that step and made me realize that I not only am learning so much, but I also have a lot of experience to give to the board. And I hope I'm, 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 you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, mistaken about that um like i said i've always said it uh those of you who joined our some of our um forums the multiple candidates forums that we had pre 
election. Uh, you know, I believe in diversity, but I believe in diversity as a checkbox or not as a number, uh, even though numbers are important. But I believe in diversity as a way of bringing the experience from someone who has a different life story, a different perspective, a different walk, and bring it into a uh, entity that is representing uh, a larger uh, body, like is the board representing the entire membership of the American Council of the Blind. So I believe in that kind of work. Uh, and um, I, I, I don't know how I, how I stayed <laughs> awake <laughs> for those two board meetings. They were very engaging. And, and I, and I, you know, time just flied. So time just flew by, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so it was, it was, you know, it was just interesting. I hope they don't, they don't all go so late, but <laughs> it is what it is. You know, we, 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 we knowingly <laughs> put our names up for election and we will do whatever needs to be done to move ACB forward and always uh, make the best decisions for our members. Yeah, and you know, the passion of the membership is is definitely been on display, you know, the, this last year and, and, you know, for many years, of course. But I think, you know, the virtual, you know, component that came out of the pandemic, if you know, and I hate saying it this way, but if there is something that you can look at as a silver lining from, you know, the pandemic era, it's the fact that we found all of these amazing ways to communicate with each other and to build not necessarily the community calls alone, but to build another version of community where, you know, we're not absolutely so choose, we're not isolated, we're not, yeah. um, but that some of the great side effects of that is, you know, something like yesterday's town hall, and, and there'll be another one on Monday night talking about procedures and co code of conduct and, and the membership getting the opportunity to to speak more directly to board members and and to have the opportunity to share their comments concerns opinions um in a way that it, it didn't exist beforehand so you know you coming onto the board at this time also brings you know brings a breath of fresh air from a special interest affiliate perspective a naturalized citizen perspective but also in this era of of you know heightened communication and accessibility you know you mark you and and, and terry and rachel um along with connie and and uh, jeff returning mark an era where there's more involvement than ever from the membership itself absolutely yep and don't forget the board of publications we have an amazing we do dynamic team that also uh, got you know, elected and, and, and it's great to work with each and every one of those phenomenal ladies. <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy, you know, being pro-gender equality. I'm so happy to see um, so many women stepping up and, and actually gaining those positions of leadership. So why don't we uh, why don't we get back to the celebration at hand? And Linda, mm -hmm. I believe I heard you come in at one point. If you would mute and join us, let's... Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the committee from your perspective, Linda. Maybe Linda, she's Linda. Seeing Linda. I don't oh. see Linda in the in the list, Anthony. All oh. right. Okay. Well, Anthony, uh, I know uh, Cheryl uh, had, was putting out some messages to uh, our MCAC list, 
So we may have other people from either the committee, I mean, from either the larger MCAC committee or from the Hispanic subcommittee besides Linda. Um, I know I heard uh, I'm here. Peggy. Oh, hi, Hello. is that Linda? Hello? Yeah, it is. Hi, Linda. Welcome to Sunday edition. Hi, thank you. It's nice to be here. So tell us your journey. How did you come to be part of the subcommittee and, and what does it mean to you? Well, it, I have a, a passion for working with Latinos. I um, ran an ESL program at the Center for the Blind in San Diego um, up until 2008. And I also um, lived in Tijuana, Mexico, and volunteered for the School for the Blind there um, as well. And so this is really important to me because it's hard for people who come into this country to um, integrate into a, a culture that is so different. And then you add racism and social injustice to that and um, it, it's not a good mix. So I'm very passionate about this subcommittee and getting things off the ground. Um, so that's when I found out about it, I just really wanted to become a part of it. And I just retired a couple of years ago and I just really needed something to do something where I could put my passion and hopefully my hard work and do a good job. I, you yeah. have done so Linda, because Linda was instrumental in uh, translating a good number of our uh, resolutions this past summer. My pleasure. I, I have to ask Linda, Tijuana, Mexico, that is um, definitely adventurous. What it what was it like, oh, you know, yeah. going there for, for the first time and, and you know, was there any support? Were, you know, were there any outreach that you could, you know, when we go to a new city, we can find a lighthouse or another program, get some mobility. Right. What was it like going to Tijuana, Mexico? Well, it was very different. And I one of the things that I learned is number one, to be very grateful for what you have. I worked um, and volunteered amongst probably the poorest of people there. Um, there was no hot water. Um, there was no inside bathroom. Um, people that went to the school for the blind instead of using canes, um, they would congregate. They would bring a family member like probably their smaller brother or a kid like around seven or eight to accompany them, they would meet on a corner and they used um, broomsticks and mop head, mop sticks for canes. Um, and they were very anxious to come to school and learn. They really wanted to learn Braille. Um, we had the uh, Lions Club of Tijuana helping to fund but they didn't have a lot of funds either. Um, in order to, to write Braille, they used slate and styluses. They didn't have Braille writers. Um, wow. The school was a um, 
two room, two large rooms, and then there was a kitchen, and that was an experience. There was a kitchen, a bathroom, and then um, a, an outside patio. So uh, we would, uh, some of us would go down. Um, this was before I started living in, in Tijuana. Some of us would go down, we would take the bus down and we'd cross the border. We'd get a cab to the school uh, and then we'd take the bus back. And riding a, a bus in Tijuana is a real fun experience, let me tell you. <laughs> um, but, you know, so many people talk about all the bars in Tijuana and all the negativity and all the crime and all this. But there are some beautiful things in Tijuana that, um, you know, that surpass those things if you let it, you know, it's the media and the people that talk about those negative things, but um, there, there are some really beautiful things there. And the people is the, are, are the most wonderful. Can you Don't share with us maybe? Food, Linda. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry? Yes. Don't forget the food. Oh. Yes. <laughs> well, tacos are you... my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Can you share with us maybe your favorite memory from that period in your life? Oh my gosh. Um, that's a really interesting question. I, I think just getting to know people and the goodness of them and, um, Let's see, going to the school, I think my favorite memory is watching people learn and, you know, developing the friendships that, that I was able to. Um, I used to go visit people that went to the school. I'd visit their homes, and I was always welcomed in, into their homes. And, you know, when I would tell people that, I was living in Tijuana or that I was going to Tijuana, they'd go, Oh, how can you go there? Aren't you afraid of being mugged? No, I, when I would cross the border, people were so helpful. And, um, so, you know, I, I just have, but as far as having fun, um, there were two things, actually three things we would, our, my my ex-husband were no longer married but we would go to the la comercial mall and uh you know americans go there mexicans go there uh, it's a huge mall and we would listen to mariachis we would go by um either go to a restaurant there or we would go to the panaderia and buy bread and just sit there and and chow down and those were really fun memories and then going on picnics to the beach that was really fun so um living in within poverty um doesn't mean that people are unhappy they're you know i don't know it's it was a wonderful experience thank you for sharing that perspective. although there were hard times I think we forget at times. 
no, I was saying thank you for sharing that perspective. I think we forget at times with the media and, and things that are that are projected to us that there is still beauty of life, you know, mm-hmm. even in the yeah. poorest of, of poverty situations. Mm-hmm. There's a, you yeah. know, a, you said you went to various houses. I can almost guarantee the moment you walk through just about every single house, you were offered something, food, mm-hmm. a cookie, yeah. you, you yeah. know, yeah. no matter who, who and how much they have, there's always something yeah. that's going to be offered to a guest that's, you know, yeah. food is love. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Linda. I don't know if if if, if you if you heard. I, I'm sure you you've heard this um, because this this is not only in Honduras. I know it's all Latin America. Um, donde come uno, comen dos. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So, so basically, I, I don't know if there's an equivalent in English, but that means where there's food for one, there's food for two. Right. Yeah. So Linda, from, from your perspective, why is it important to recognize months like Hispanic heritage, you know, and for all cultures, but, you know, specifically this, why is it important to take time to, to celebrate, to learn, to educate ourselves? Well, I think, number one, it's important because we have so many Latinos in, in the United States. Um, and we are, we are brothers and sisters and we need to, um, acknowledge that. And we need to acknowledge the goodness of, uh, the culture and the goodness of the people and, and promote that and help others understand that. No, this is not a negative culture, um, or or these are not people who are uh, should be demeaned. Um, I know that my my father-in-law used to come across the border. He would uh, get up at two in the morning, get ready for work, and cross the board, border illegally to work in the field. And that was hard work. I mean, very hard work. My mother-in-law took in um, ironing and, and she would iron people's clothes. They were very hard workers. And I think we live in a time where there's so much negativity and we need to ex- express and acknowledge um, po- positive things about uh Hispanic culture. So if you, you know, if you won the lotto, that is very powerful. Very, thank you. If you won the lotto tomorrow, what, um, you know, what country or region or what experiences would you want to have? Oh, I would go back to Mexico. (laughs) All right. (laughs) But uh, I'm sorry. No, I said, all right. Yes, I I would go back to Mexico. I've also spent some time in Mexico City, and everybody was just as generous there. There were, within the city itself, there were um, business owners who um, really don't appreciate or don't like uh, Americano, and they thought that we just had tons of money, and so they would, you know, hike up prices and 
stuff, but outside of the city, in the colonias, um, people were so generous. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. So um, I, I would go back to Mexico. Um, I think I would like to go to Chile. And I would like, if I was younger, I'd like to go up the Andes. That would be fun. It would be cold. Um, I'd like to pet a llama. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. For me, it would absolutely be... (laughs) For me, it would absolutely be the rainforest um, and then Peru. Yeah. Peru. (laughs) I've been to Venezuela. I've been to a few countries and absolutely the generosity and like Gabe said, if there's food for one, there's food for two. And, and, mm-hmm. and of course, I've experienced Honduras now, which I, you know, will experience, I'm sure, many times in the in the future and absolutely love it. Let's uh let's open it up to some participants. Sheila, do we have any hands up? Yes, you have Jane. All right, and we're gonna piggyback. We'll do one Zoom and one Clubhouse. So if you'd like to uh interact with us, Clubhouse. Um, let uh, Cassandra know. I'm not. I, I don't think it's hands. I think you have to ask to participate. Well, whatever it is, let Cassandra know. We'll go, <laughs> you know, one and one. All right, Jane. And, and also, Anthony. Uh, I'm sorry, Jane. I'm sorry to cut okay. in between. But I just wanted to uh, to also announce. You know, if there are, because I know a lot of uh, friends, Hispanic friends, uh, part of the blind community, who are making their way into ACB who are listening out on ACB Media One, feel free to call and I'll be happy. Linda and I will be happy to translate. And if you're already on the call and you're Hispanic, please uh, speak up and don't be afraid. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll make it happen and we'll translate for you. Please, yes. Thank you for saying that, Gabe. Thank you. Yep. All right, Jane. Yes, I just uh, want to say, as a child, we visited from Oregon, where I grew up, and we visited in Texas a lot and crossed the border into Mexico often. And I loved it. I was never afraid when we crossed the border. There were so many things to catch all of my senses that I didn't need to see in order to belong. And I loved it. Now, I haven't been back, although we now live in Texas, I haven't crossed the border. Um, in a while. But I just want to thank you as the ACB person that you are. Your voice sounds so full of resources and humble gladness to share. So you make me proud and you make me humble to understand that real um, inclusion is openness, open doors, open hearts, open minds, open spirits, and open hands. So thank you. Well, thank you so much. And and that's, that's I, I couldn't ask for a better testimonial. That's, what, that's why I do this. <laughs> um, all right, Clubhouse, do we have anybody who'd like to join us? We don't have anyone at this time. All right. Sheila, do we have yes. another hand? Mary. All right. Yeah, hi, this is Mary from Multicultural Affairs Committee. Um, hi, happy, welcome. Hi, 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 Anthony. Hi, Gabe and Linda. 
So I'm happy to be here listening. And um, hello. And, Hi, Mary. And, and Linda did a wonderful job in translating one of our uh, focus calls we had last year. We did a yes. book discussion on a um, book written by Sonia Sotomayor. And Linda was our translator. She did an awesome job. It was our first bilingual discussion. And she did a, a wonderful job for an hour, hour and a half. <laughs> um, so I'm just happy being here listening. And um, and in, in terms of kind of a big sort of overall question, we're talking about having recognition months like Hispanic Affairs um, Heritage Month. And within sort of the larger context, as well as within ACB. So Gabe, what would you hope, you know, continuing obviously having these, you know, months like this, but what do you hope will, you know, come from, you know, activities that we're going to, that you're going to be holding this month and this ongoing discussion, you know, doing more with Spanish translation of ACB material and programming, what do you ultimately hope to happen within ACB in -hmm. terms of uh, the, you know, the overall membership coming together? Wow, thanks. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks for that question, Mary. Uh, It, you know, on, on, uh, I'm going to go from macro to micro. So uh, on a greater perspective, uh, like nationally, um, again, I'm, I, I feel I feel like Dan is probably going to sue me for copyright later on. <laughs> again, I'm going to steal uh, something that Dan shared with with us, Mary, um, this past uh, Monday in a meeting. Um, CBS, for example, is highlighting every mo- every morning, uh, which I didn't know, um, uh, some some like fun and and interesting facts about the Hispanic community in, in, in the United States. And things like those are the ones that I want the, like Linda said, the positive impact that we have not only in this country, but in the entire world to be highlighted rather than the news saying that, you know, uh, a mob of narcos shot someone or a group of people in uh, you know, whatever, Sinaloa, Mexico. Um, you know, uh, those things need to be highlighted. And that's that's an, a mac- on a macro perspective. And I'm going to share, actually, Dan shared with us that one of the things that caught his attention, and definitely I did not know this, also <laughs> just blew me away. Um, they said that uh, they quantified the economy of Hispanics in the United States. And if we were to take the economic movement of all the Hispanics in the United States, we would become the fifth largest economy in the world. So that to me was wow. just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and in the ACB uh, field, I think my, my dream and my hope, Mary, is for ACB to do it again. And by saying that, I mean to make history. Because ACB has done history so many times. The first membership-driven organization for persons who are blind and visually impaired. The first organization uh, to, you know, another near and dear to my heart, to welcome uh, intersectionalities like 
uh, you know, having an LGBTQ group as this BPI. Now, the first blindness organization uh, to become fully bilingual and to enfold um, the population of people who are of Hispanic descent or Spanish speaking and who are blind and visually impaired in the United States. And ultimately, like, like, a, like a big, big kind of like, it probably may sound fluffy, <laughs> but, but it's like an ultimate goal to me is actually to live that diversity that we are uh, engaging in and actually being inclusive and making people from Hispanic descent living here to feel like, like we own a, a part of ACB, that we are as much a part of ACB as everyone else. And by that, uh, meaning that they have equal access to information, they have equal access to events like conventions and leadership, that they have a big presence or you know, a, a, a considerable presence in community with programming and, commu and community calls. And that we also have um, our own presence in ACB media. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I know it's ambitious right now, but we're, we're hoping to increase the participation of Spanish speakers to conduct uh, Spanish speaking programming within community and ACB media. And eventually even why not have like ACB media nine <laughs> for Spanish or solely Spanish content, just, you know, just, just where Spanish speaking and Hispanic culture is just a seamless part of ACB. Mm -hmm. I love that answer, Linda. Linda you, yep. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so my dream for uh, Latino culture in the United States is to um, share resources and also to give support. When I worked for the Center for the Blind, and I've also worked for the health department. I used to go into people's homes. And honestly, again, going back to class and poverty, um, people don't have access to the resources that they need. There is, There are a lot of people who have diabetes um, mm -hmm. within the Latino culture. Yeah. There are people who are not able to access social security because they're not fully immigrated. And this thing about welfare, you know, all they're, they're coming over to get welfare. They can't get welfare. Um, they can't get help. They may be able to access a few medical services or some food, but to actually get welfare as someone who is not immigrated it doesn't happen. Um, and those are the things that concern me within any culture. Um, who, and the other thing is trying to acculturate into this society coming from another country. We are different than the country that that person came from. And I'm reading a, a very good book right now called Boat People. And it's about Vietnamese, Vietnamese trying to yeah. enter into this culture and the terrible things that they go through and the misunderstandings and the miscommunications and that happens with the Hispanic community as well so 
it's very concerning to me, and I this is why I'm passionate about the subcommittee because the people need resources, and the more resources you give, this is for conservative people, the more resources you give, the less money you have to spend in social programs. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to answer that question, too. Um, Gabriel and I experienced something not long ago uh, through church, actually, and um, a member was going to, you know, her home country, and she asked if we had, or we could ask the organization if they had used canes that she could bring back with her because their services are so poor that um, she was in direct contact with a a set of brothers who were both blind, Um, but the larger, you know, community of blind people that she knew, they they don't even have services to give canes. And I think... You know, I think as the World Blind Union is is out there and uh, the American Council of the Blind, as we lead the charge, you know, we have people from all around the world that are joining our community calls and coming to our convention. We have we have such a beautiful opportunity here. I think we forget often how beautiful we do have it here in, in America, and we can extend that out and share that around the world. Um, and also, I would hope that other groups, you, you just mentioned the boat people, and I'm thinking Asian Pacific Islanders and, and other groups that are part of our um, American Council of the Blind Family, but don't necessarily see representation from their perspective. And I'm hoping that, you know, will us being so proactive here with Hispanic subcommittee will then inspire other areas of outreach. All right, Sheila. And next? just before you say that, before you before we go into that, Anthony, I also want to highlight, even though it's not uh, strictly within the Hispanic uh, realm, uh, ACB also through um, our IRC, International Relations Committee, uh, through the work of people like Sandra Sermons and Kim Charlson and uh, now Maria Christich and Meryl Schechter, are we have uh, programs where we uh, collaborate with uh, many schools for the blind in different parts of the world, uh, like Haiti and some places in Africa, and we are sending um, a lot of uh, you know material resources, canes, uh, support and technology. So so we are working on that, and and we are you know obviously I'm I'm definitely working with Maria and Merrill to to try to incorporate Honduras and some other countries into that um, outreach of help from ACB to other blindness organizations in, in four countries. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you for Sheila, all those wonderful we... answers, thoughtful answers. <laughs> thank you for your thank you, Mary. Question. Yeah, thank you, Mary. All right, Sheila, who's up next? Um, Cassandra, is there anybody in Clubhouse? Because we don't have any hands raised in Zoom. Um, we do not. Um, if you guys want to raise your hand, just request to speak and I'll bring you up. Okay. Well, just let me know if you do. Um, but we don't have any hands raised right now, Anthony. All right, Gabe. So let's talk recipe for a minute. What do you have for us to uh, commemorate and celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month? Okay. <laughs> so you said, what do we have? Oh, repeat that again. I, I lost you for a second. My airport were Recipe wise, what, uh, what oh, are you bringing for us? <laughs> well, you know, I thought of a very, very easy recipe 
that I don't know how I did not think of it for Sheila's recipe swap. And thank you, Sheila. I, I want to recognize Sheila for being our first partnership um, when we uh, did have a very, very exciting and very, and I'm going to say it very spicy <laughs> uh, <laughs> recipe swap, Hispanic recipes, and everyone came um you know, and, and some people who were not able to join sent in their recipes uh, and, and it was it was it was so flavorful. I ended up hungry after that call, by the way. <laughs> I did. So, yeah, so I did not. I do not know how I did not think of this uh, for Sheila's call. But now that you put me on the spot, I'll share it. You know, um, there's there's uh, his uh, I mean, Central American version of enchiladas because I know here in the States we're more familiar with the uh, Mexican version of enchiladas, which is, you know, basically the tortilla, the corn tortilla is folded and filled with meat or whatever other protein and then the sauce and the cheese, and then you put it in the oven and then it melts. Well, in Central America, we have a vegetarian version. <laughs> so I thought that it would be good to share with people, which is actually you make some sort of it's like some sort of mashed potato which is a little bit you, you don't you don't mash the potato so 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 much it's it's more like chunks and pieces and if you are not vegetarian you mix in some ground beef and seasoning um onions uh peppers for those who like peppers i don't <laughs> you know salt pepper and then there's there's an ingredient that is the secret ingredient and i hope linda will help me here because i do not know how to say it in english uh, i don't know linda how you say achote achote is um really i don't think it is a, a an american plant i I think it's just achote. It's just achote, right? Because that's that's how yeah. I found it here in the supermarket. So I'll I'll spell it as yeah. A-C-H-O-T-E, achote. And it, it, it has like a reddish color, but it's it's a plant, like Linda said, it's a seed of a plant, which it, they, they make it into a powder and that it gives it a color a color and and a taste. So you mix all that and then the the corn tortillas instead of folding them. Um, you typically, obviously, the more delicious and less healthy way of doing it is by frying the tortillas, <laughs> so they're crunchy. Uh, you can also put them in the oven, but mm, that's a little bit more boring. <laughs> so then, basically, once the tortillas are fried, you you do you put the concoction, the uh, not concoction, I'm, I'm sorry, the the mash <laughs> that you did with potatoes uh, and onions and uh, achote and some other spices. I think it's cumin, uh, salt, pepper, uh, definitely onions, chopped onions, and um, like I said, beef. If you, if you uh, ground beef, if you want to put some meat, if not, you can keep it vegetarian. And then you um, smear that uh, that um, mash on the tortillas, and uh, you can get some um, of that. Uh, what they call? I, I think they call it angel hair. The 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 already um, already like cut in tiny. Oh, like fideo? Uh, fideo? No, not the fideo. Uh, the, the, I, oh. I've seen it here. They call it the um, the cabbage, like the cabbage where, where it's already oh. cut in yeah. fine, like very very fine yeah. uh, strings yeah. or strands. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, like a Kosa, okay. but it's just uh, it's just um, it doesn't have the dressing. The, it just has. It cabbage. doesn't have all the correct. What what we right. do in Honduras is the the cabbage. Once it's finely chopped, you put um, white vinegar, and then you put that on top, and that's your that's your. Oh my God! And uh, and uh, um, there's there's a very typical cheese. So I guess that more similar cheese would be parmesan cheese because it's a very hard cheese that you have to you have to um crumble kind of yeah crumble on top of the uh enchilada and that's that's a central american enchilada <laughs> nice well i just got a text message question i'm sure you can guess who this is called, who's coming who it comes from <laughs> but um our text message question wants to know what are the differences between Brazilian, Argentine, Peruvian steakhouses. <laughs> well, okay. So I don't think Peruvians have steakhouses. Peruvians are more known for their cuisine in terms of fusion. Um, obviously, you know, you have the ceviches, you have um, the, uh, they have a lot of uh, Asian uh, influence. So they have those combination of flavors like soy sauce with cilantro, mouthwatering. Uh, they have different types of potatoes and corns. Uh, but in terms of Argentine and Brazil, I would say the main difference is that Brazil has kind of uh, instituted this, uh, this style of steakhousing that they call rodizio, which is basically an all you can eat. <laughs> Argentinians are a little bit more, um, I, I don't know what word to use. I'm sorry. I don't mean Presentational? to be uh, the, Yes, I wanted to say a little bit more <laughs> proud of their steak. So, you know, and, uh, among other things, <laughs> they're very proud people. <laughs> uh, so they, they, they're not very fond of having their steaks being served in like an all-you-can-eat environment. <laughs> um, so they they're more about the quality of the meat and the whole experience of having a steak and uh and obviously the argentinians are more about the full experience of the steak with the wine because they're also great wine producers and uh yeah and and in brazil is, is you know it's it's more about the experience of you sampling different types of meats uh, at the same time well, you know what? Speaking of wine, our uh, ACB wine connoisseur, um, tell us about some of the Latin American wines that you know you've experienced and and folks might want to sample. Well, obviously, Chile and Argentina are the two you know shining stars in the in the wine uh, map. Uh, you know. Uh, Wines from Argentina are typically going to be very, very uh, popular with with meats. Um, so, an, an, a good Argentinian Malbec is you can't go wrong with that. Plus, you know Malbecs are uh, better when the grape is grown in the uh, southern hemisphere. Um, Chile also has some great wines, um, especially cabs and some full body. Uh, red grapes you know uh, Peru has some nice wines as well 
Um, they have the colder part of the country where they grow um, in the high mountains. They grow uh, very, very interesting grapes like, like Garnache. And um, for those who don't know, uh, Mexico has been placing itself in a very, very uh, nice position in terms of wines that come from Mexico. They have been importing some of their, some of their grapes uh, and making their own plantations in the cooler parts of Mexico. And they have been doing some, some wines that are very, very worth trying. So um, those, those are the three that I would recommend those three countries. So if you, and, and mainly Mexico, just because we've all tried, maybe if, if we're wine drinkers, we've tried wines from Argentina and Chile, but if you can get a hold of a wine from Mexico, I highly recommend trying it. Awesome. Here's a personal question. Um, for those who don't know, Gabriel has been tangentially involved in the coffee business for basically his whole life. So if you had to choose you could only have one of the two for the rest of your life, coffee or wine, which would it be? That is a mean question. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have two lives? <laughs> no, I would pick wine. All right, let's do another check on Clubhouse. Clubhouse, anybody uh, want to participate with us? Um, no, sir, not at this time. Sheila, any hands? No. So th right. this is this is Mary. I don't have my hand raised, but I have a, a question for Gabe in um, connection with the wine discussion we just had. Sure. Wondering if you might be, and it sort of goes hand in hand with Leslie in the auction. Will there be <laughs> potentially another wine package, wine education package? Absolutely. Always. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes, and, and maybe a focus of... Latin American wines, maybe uh, a focus on some of the wines produced in Latin American countries. You know that I like that idea. That, I love that. I do like that. Yes, we're mm -hmm. going to give the give it that twist. And now, actually, Mary has also inspired me. I think we're also going to put together. Um, this is pending that someone can bring it over to us. I'm probably going to include a nice basket of gourmet coffees from Central America mm. into the auction. Mm. Excellent. Oh, okay. I would pick the coffee over the wine. <laughs> 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 Linda, do yeah. you have a favorite dish or a favorite recipe you can share with us? Um, well, I was going to talk about kind of a version of enchiladas. Um, in, in Mexico, the, the true way of making enchiladas is buying the tortillas when they're hot or warming them over the stove mm -hmm. and then dipping them in, into the salsa and then frying them and then um, rolling them with the whatever you want to put inside. But my, oh my gosh, that's such, that makes such a mess because when you put the the tortilla that's soaked in the chili in the hot oil, it splatters all over the place. Yes. <laughs> so, so my thing is to make chilaquiles, which is kind oh, of an enchilada. Um, you tear the tortillas up and you put them in the hot oil and you kind of stir them around and kind of get them crispy. 
Then you pour whatever salsa you're going to use. You can use uh, de las palmas, which I really don't like. I like the green better, uh, like, like uh, La Victoria. Um, and then you just kind of stir that up, let it simmer for a while. And then you put your cabbage and onion and sour cream and cheese on top. And you have a nice meal with mm. frijoles. Yes. They're so Frijoles, beans. <laughs> <laughs> for 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 the foodies out there, the way I like Linda, uh, the way I like to tell them what chilaquiles are, I tell them that it's a deconstructed enchilada. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, you do have a hand. All right, let's let's uh, bring them on up, Meryl. Hi. I was hoping Meryl would join us. I am just so excited about the Hispanic Affairs Subcommittee and what you guys are doing. And um, also everything else, you know, serving with me, Gabe, on the IRC and everything you do, Anthony, with, with the interview you had with me and everything. But... Um, I wanted to tell everybody that I was inspired to do my Spanish 101 call because when Gabe and Swatha did the Spanish wrap-up for the D.C. leadership meetings, and I was listening intently, and I thought, wait a minute, because I knew that Donna Pomerantz used to do the Spanish calls, and nobody took it over. And I thought, well, it would be a phenomenal idea if I did that. So, of course, when you speak to Cindy Hollis, she'll tell you to go for it, you know. <laughs> and so <laughs> I told um, Gabe, and um, I actually um, had to speak in front of the Hispanic Affairs Subcommittee, well, the MCAC, actually, and the, um, you know, by, by Zoom, and Gabe gave me his support. And I've been doing it since March 28th. And actually, the first time I wrote on the form that I wanted to do it in Clubhouse, also, we had 20 people in Clubhouse and 17 on Zoom. And I could yep. not believe it. I mean, I was so excited. Um, and so I just want to thank you guys very much for your support. And I'm so proud of what you're doing. Thank, thank you, Meryl. So thank you Meryl for your support. And, and I need to. I need. I'm, I. I was just gonna say. I need to send. I need to make sure that Anthony makes time in his schedule to go every Monday to your to your Spanish one hundred and one. Oh, thank you. Well, because I have, haven't been that successful at teaching him. I'm Spanish. gonna have to cancel tomorrow because I have to have dental implant surgery tomorrow. And oh, depending on that. how I feel next week, I, you know, hope I'll be okay. But yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, Meryl mentioned that I interviewed her recently. The Board of Publications um, through the uh, ACB Voices blog is starting a new um, offering, I guess you could call it. It's called Member at the Mic, and it's premiering this month. I'm not sure if, Me if Meryl's going to be the second or the third release on the first uh, member at the mic is going to be okay. Lucy Edmonds. Um, so look for that. It'll be on all of the ACB various lists, member at the mic. And if you're out there and, and you're doing something cool or you're a special interest or state uh, leadership, you know, and there's someone within your ranks that you think 
the membership should get to know a little more about, please reach out to the Board of Publications or myself, and we will add um, said persons to the member at the mic list. But uh, stay tuned for that because it's uh, some really cool stuff coming up. Um, yeah, and I yeah. also want to thank um, Mary and, and Linda for all their hard work, too, So and everybody else uh, on the subcommittee and, and MCAC in general, too. Thanks. All right. Well, before you go, Meryl, what is your favorite uh, Spanish dish to eat? Um, oh, I love, um, well, actually, it's from Spain, but I love paella. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I haven't oh had it in a long time. But, and um, I also, you know, I did a, f a food lesson, and I've never had um, in my, on my class, but I've never had chilaquiles, but um, I understand they're really good, but I mentioned them, mm -hmm. you know, and I want to say that um, Beth from New Mexico, and also a guy by the name of Pat from Oregon, they've been a great help to me, too, because there are... So many different variations of the ways that Mexican, Spanish, and Castilian Spanish or Spanish from Spain are different words can mean a different thing in, in each of those contexts. So they've been helping me a lot with with that perspective, too, with the Mexican and Latin. Thank you guys for letting me do this. Anthony, you have a hand. No more hands? Yes, you do. Oh, cool. Who's up next? Byron. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey. <laughs> so um, my my uh, my dad's uh, ex-wife, uh, they're, they're now divorced, unfortunately, but um, my dad was married to a Hispanic woman for uh, many years. And so in my early teens, I got a lot of exposure to Hispanic culture. And, um, you know, there were just like so many things that were really nice to have added to my to my own life, um, you know, from the Hispanic culture, uh, things like um, suddenly we would come home, and we would have, you know, like hot tortillas and cheese after school. That was kind of a new thing. Um, you know, the, the dishes got different. Um, and that was really, you know, for someone who had been eating, you know, uh, traditionally, you know, white cuisine, um, having this like new food all of a sudden was really great. And, um, you know, like new words were introduced into our household. You know, like uh, my nephew uh, had a, this is kind of a funny story, but my nephew, who's like, you know, one had this, you know, habit of running around without any clothes on and, and uh, his, his mom would go, Anthony, go find your chonies and put them on. You know, it's just like, like <laughs> certain words that got included or uh, like incorporated into my own vocabulary just right. from, you know, having, having family that, um, you know, that was Hispanic. And I would say that my favorite food is elote so good i don't know what this is oh, so you're gonna have to enlighten us yeah that's good mm -hmm. it yeah, is so excellent corn corn on the cob yep or corn oh okay then i yes um it corn on the cob is a huge um 
a huge uh, staple in the Lopez Cavati family. And um, I have, (laughs) I've always loved corn, but I have gotten a new appreciation for especially corn on the cob on the side of the road in Honduras. Yes. Uh, I I don't know. It's, it's the best corn I it's it's sweeter and richer. And it is the best corn I've ever had. And the way they make because it, it is goes so... in... Oh, I'm sorry, Byron. Oh, go ahead, uh, Gabriel. No, what I was tell what I was going to share is that the one that Anthony is referring to is, you know, it it comes directly from the mill into the basically fire because we you know it's 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 kind of fire roasted, um. So it's it, that's why it's so sweet because it's literally just cut fresh yeah so i have a question because the way that i like to eat uh uh corn um is you know like where you take the kernels and you 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 can either shuck it off of the cob or you can uh eat it with on there but they put like mayonnaise and then like uh breadcrumbs and and then the hot sauce and the cheese and the uh the like cilantro and just (laughs) oh my god it is so good crazy corn (laughs) yes so good. Gabe introduced me to another corn product that I had never had before that I am like obsessed with, Gabe. The cor- oh, that's the Peruvian conchitas. The conchitas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Gabe, you know what? Before we take another hand, can you tell um uh can you tell about the Christmas Eve tradition? Well, Christmas Eve and and that is I would say generally speaking and linda feel free to you know just tell me if i'm if if it's not the same in in mexico but traditionally in latin Latin america at least what's mexico central america and the northern countries of south america i know that sounded confusing but um the traditional um meal is oh i think ron ron got it on the chat tamales lisa that was lisa (laughs) yes Yes, Ron and Lisa got it. Tamales, yep. So typically tamales are made out of pork or they can be made out of chicken as well. But the traditional is pork, of course, <laughs> for the holidays. So it's, uh, I think everyone knows what a tamale is. It's cornmeal. Um, and then there goes the achode again. And then little pieces of potato, uh, uh, garbanzo beans and other yummy goodness. A uh, piece of, uh, I mean, a piece of um pork riblet and it is all wrapped in the husk of a banana leaf and then boiled and uh that is you know that is basically um the the tradition for christmas eve with a drink that is a more potent version of eggnog (laughs) (laughs) and uh then the um, basically the, the best way to explain the dessert is some sort of French toast, which is called torreja, which is basically mm. that is, you know, uh, uh, soaked in egg white and then it is deep fried and then it is um, simmered in a sauce made with cinnamon, cloves, rum and sugar. Oh, and it's yeah. an all-day, all-family affair, making the tamales and, and setting the presentation. And, oh, my God, the smells. within the, yeah, By the time it's time to eat, you, that's why it's an all-day affair, because you can't eat just one. You need, like, six of them. <laughs> <laughs> in Mexico, it's a little bit different. The tamales are wrapped in corn husks, 
and then steamed. And then, um, of course, there's lots of drinking, um, yeah. you know, cerveza, tequila, uh, rum. Um, rum, yeah, rum. Another drink is uh, because it's usually cold in the winter and, and everyone stays up past midnight because they want to go to mass at 11 o'clock or mm-hmm. they have the baby Jesus in the manger and they, or they mm-hmm. have a baby that they pass around um, that symbolizes the baby Jesus. Uh, they have a, a drink called champurrado and champurrado is a, an, an atole. It's a, what would I say? It's a corn kind of pudding, but it's, it's, thinner than than a thick pudding um and they add mexican chocolate and cinnamon to it and it is oh oh, that sounds nice oh it is really good and i think you kind of have to acquire a taste for it um but once you acquire that taste oh my gosh it's it's so good Mm -hmm. yeah we also have something similar which is served warm and it's called ponche which is basically like a punch. Oh yeah, punch. So it's yeah. kind of like fruit based, but also has rum and cloves, and yeah. and it's served hot as well. Yeah, it's, it's so good. And I don't know, Linda, if you also do it in Mexico and Honduras. Of course, uh, that's that's uh, like pork is <laughs> is a big part because the other thing they do is is um, is a pork shoulder or pernil or I don't know pernil things. Yes. Yeah. You Anthony, wrap- you've got about seven minutes, dear. All right. So let's let's do a clubhouse and a hand check. Um, Cassandra, anybody in clubhouse? Um, no, sir, not at this time. All right. Well, clubhouse, thank you for listening in, and hopefully, over the next couple of weeks, we'll get a bigger clubhouse presence. Uh, Sheila, do we have any hands in the Zoom room? No, not right now. All right. Well, I'm going to talk in a moment about what's coming up on Sunday edition in the next couple of weeks, but um, let's do some final thoughts. I will uh, sit, I'll start with Linda. Any final thoughts on today's conversation and, or just, you know, Hispanic heritage month in general? Well, number one, thank you for doing this. I I think it's so important um, for people to know who we are and also to um, acknowledge and honor people of Hispanic heritage. And I just have had so much fun. And I'm sorry that time has gone so fast. Absolutely. Gabe, um, drop that email spelling one more time for folks that are not Spanish, um, <laughs> like me, <laughs> who's taking forever to learn. <laughs> drop that email and um, give us your final thoughts. So that email again is bienvenidos. So the spelling again is B as in boy, I E N V as in Victor, E N I D O S at acb.org. So it spells bienvenidos at acb.org. And we'll be happy to get your comments, your suggestions. But most importantly, your willingness to participate and be a part of this great, great um, effort that ACB is doing to make ACB a home for our Hispanics who live with vision loss here in the United States. And um, my final thoughts are also I uh, 
I am happy and proud that this month is celebrated and is given to us so that we can highlight the great things that um, our community has brought. Um, like Linda said, and Linda gave such a beautiful, very vulnerable example of what work uh, Hispanics do in this country. We are good, good, good people for the most part. Um, there's all, always bad apples, but please don't focus on that. We, we, um, we love this country. We are very, very grateful. Uh, I think that's a very, very recurring theme that you will find within the Hispanic community, uh, whether blind or, or, or sighted, whether disabled or non-disabled. Hispanics, we are very, very grateful for the house, the home that we have found in the United States. And we don't take that for granted. So um, just, you know, make that space to talk to your Hispanic neighbor or try that Hispanic food from that cafe, from that cafeteria in the corner and, and just to know our culture and you'll see how rich and beautiful and how much we have to give. And thank you ACB once again for making history by enfolding yet another uh, minority, which is not so minority nowadays, but unfolding another minority within the greater ACB family. And thanks, Anthony, for having us and celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. Thank you, Byron, Cassandra, and of course, my dear president, Sheila. And uh, <laughs> just gracias. Anthony, you well, have one quick hand. You've got a hand if you sure. want to take it. Um, okay. Phone number ending in 982. Go ahead and unmute. Yes, uh, my name is Gerard. Again, I always like to confirm that email he just gave, D-E-I-N-V-E-N-B-O-S-S at gmail.com. Oh, no. Let me repeat it really quickly. Uh, Bienvenidos. It's B as in boy, I-E-N, V as in Victor, E-N-I-D-O-S as in Sam, at acb.org. The last All right. three letters, B-O-S-S, the last three letters? D is in dog. Oh, D-O-S-S. D-O-S, Oh, Jesus, that's B, B like a boy, E-I-V-E-N-D-O-S. Oh, N-I-D-O-S. N-I-D-O-S, yeah, D-O-S, correct. All right, thank you so much. Dos, Davidinos. Bienvenidos. Yes, sir. We would have That's what a B. Boy. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. We hope to hear from you. Yeah. Muchas gracias. gracias. All right. So I want to thank uh, Gabriel and Linda for being with us today. I want to thank Barbara and Leslie for the earlier portion of today. Sheila and Byron always for being here with us. Um, again, thank you everybody around the country who has reached out for those of us who are here in Florida. Um, I want to just tell you guys, over the next couple of weeks, there's a lot going on in the Corona Lopez Cavati household. Next week will be a pre-recorded show. It'll be new, but it'll be pre-recorded. We won't be here live. Um, I will be speaking with um, Florida Vision Technology about a bunch of really cool devices. I'm sorry. 
reading technology um, about a bunch of cool uh, devices, including the Victor Reader Trek, the new Stellar Trek, which is an awesome device, uh, the Haber One, um, the Brilliance of 20 and 40 in vision glasses, and a really cool segment. Uh, we have a visual interpreter who joined us with tips and tricks on teaching or or helping our sighted friends and family who provide visual interpretation for us helping get the most out of it and um tips and tips and tricks for when you are using visual interpreting services later in the month host sheila is going to helm a show um and we'll give some more details about that in two weeks uh the final show of the month i am not sure if it's going to be byron or andrea de Klotz, but we'll also have a guest host for that as always, you can send your um, your notifications that you'd like us to read on air into Sunday Edition AC at gmail.com. That's Sunday Edition AC at gmail.com. Um, and I also just put out a notice if anybody would like to intern with Sunday Edition, please contact me. Uh, Byron, if you can run that promo one more time and then take us out. Thank you so much for brunching with Sunday Edition. I'll be back next week with that pre recorded show and live on the 16th. Come listen to The Land of Aru, a show all about the award-winning high fantasy audio series, Carcerum. Join Anthony Corona in listening to an episode of Carcerum with 360-degree sound design, a completely original score, and find yourself in the middle of an adventure filled with monsters, sword fights, and magic. After the episode, listen as Anthony interviews cast and crew members about their careers and the amazing process of Carcerum. That's The Land of Aru every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on ACB Media Stream 3. Presented on ACB Media 3 in association with Shane Salt Productions and Sunday Edition. You've been listening to Sunday Edition on ACB Media. Stream One, that's American Council of the Blind Media, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Episodes drop every week at 1 p.m. on Sundays, and you can email us at Sunday Edition AC, all one word, Sunday Edition with the letters AC at gmail.com. Let's brunch again together next Sunday.